I looked at the journal, I'm like, yo, that was legit. Like, I did that at six years old. That's crazy. So, you know, I was born with this gift. You know, my mom was a, a, a graphic designer in New York City. So she had, you know, she passed down that art gene. Um, but, uh, you know, I've been doing it ever since. Got to high school, was interested in a little bit. But, you know, it was, it was weird in high school because I come from the inner city. And where I come from, art is not pushed as a career path. And you kind of get clowned out a little bit for being an artist and carrying around paintbrushes and stuff like that. Yeah. So I went more towards the athletics. Um, so when I went to college, I majored in art just because I like doing it. But I had to think about what career path I was going to associate with it. So I heard about teaching. You know, I like working with kids. So I majored in, in fine art education. And it wasn't until my second year teaching that I started painting again. So my first piece, and I realized it was possible that I could make a career out of it. So I worked my ass off and then ended up quitting, and I've been doing it full-time since about June. That's dope, man. Yeah, man. That's nice, man. That's dope. That's dope. I've been yeah. through the, like, I've been to similar, the similar path that you went through. I wasn't as artistic at, at six years old. Well, as a matter of fact, I was, though. I was, though. I think I tagged the table. Like, <laughs> I, yeah, I tagged the, I, t- I found a marker because my mom's a teacher at a high school. And I, I found a marker in the park, and all these kids was tagging, you know what I mean? So they was, they was drawing obscenities on, on, on benches and stuff like that. Yeah. I think my, my first piece was, was, was yeah, I hate this. It was obscene. It was a dick. It was a, it was a dick. Pointing with, like, dick written with an with a, with a arrow, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's, like, it wasn't obvious, but I was six, so I was just copying what I saw. But, yeah, after that... I wasn't really that creative, and like you said, I was I was I was getting clowned for having that interest. You know what I mean? It wasn't it wasn't mm-hmm. a cool thing to do. Nah. So so in high school, teachers told me as well, you should take this as a as a uh, exam course for you to to do for you to do exams in. But my mom was like, yo, you ain't gonna make no money as an artist. It's not a, it's not a solid profession. So you know. Nope. So that's around when I was sixteen. So I think it took me about 10 years for me to start painting again, grabbing a brush. I've been flirting with the idea, but, you know, it didn't, it didn't really solidify into something that I really started to do. I went the, I went the social worker route, so I worked with a lot of kids as well. And throughout my work, I did some workshops with kids, teaching them how to paint. And I got a lot of gratification out of seeing kids that were in the same predicament I was in, you know what I mean? Getting clowned. It's not the popular thing. I can't do this. This isn't cool. And at the end of the workshop, they was like, yo, look what I did, yo. You know what I mean? That yeah. that that gives you that incentive. Like, all right, if they get inspired, you know what I mean? They inspired me as well. So mm-hmm. before 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 long, you grab you, you buy a little easel. <laughs> you know what I mean? The table, the table kind. And before before long, I was like, "Yo, I gotta I gotta expand this." You know what I mean? Gotta work, start working on bigger canvases. Yeah. 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 So this January, I made the transition full time from like not doing any social work at all, and you know, yeah. We out here. <laughs> We out here for sure. <laughs> It's challenging. It's challenging. If you got a full-time job, you know, you can still rely on that to pay the bills right now. Um, um, 
battling with like my I guess my next question is how are you managing to like um keep the integrity of your art are you settling for less just to like make ends meet because that's that's the thing that I'm finding myself doing right now that I'm like I these is worth this much but if shit don't come in you know what I mean bill collectors still want their money so that that's a big challenge that I'm facing right now and it's something that I'm dealing with at the moment too because I got commissioned for a a 16 foot by 13 foot piece damn and you know I sell I sell a piece that's one fifth that size you know for x amount of dollars and they they basically talked me down five or six times my price holy shit because they had a budget um and you know I didn't want to settle for less but you know I couldn't pass up that check or that opportunity to create a piece that big because it's through yeah. it's through the city it's through a city and they're working with um a big corporate company so they have a certain budget um so you know they can't exceed that budget but at what point do I say you know what I got to value my worth and my work yeah and you know how do I juggle that so you know sometimes you got to take the L like that time this time I'm taking the L only because it's building my resume and it's a big opportunity for me but you know I deal with that now with smaller pieces you know what I mean like I can't sell thousand two thousand three thousand dollar pieces on the regular right now because I'm still not at that level but it's you know I'm starting to think of other ways to make money um, and ways that are a little more flexible to my schedule so you know I never want to go back to the nine to five I never want to go back to teaching it's just something that I'm not going to do only because it's a crutch you know when I was it doing it when I was doing it, I, I was always relying on that that steady paycheck to pay my bills. So I wasn't taking, yeah. not that I wasn't taking my heart seriously, but I wasn't going as hard as I could have. Because you don't have the risk. I mean, exactly. You got that that um. You got, you know, you got safety that safety net. net. Yeah. You're never gonna you're never gonna exceed. You know what I mean? So, yeah. so when we quit our jobs, you know that that really takes that safety net out, and now you gotta really plan for it. You gotta go all the way. All the way. So that's why I would never go back to, to the nine to five. So right now I'm trying to think of ways, other ways to make money. And I, I've done a lot of research on like reselling on Amazon, doing merchandise, stuff like that, not related to my art, but just ways to fund, you know, pay the bills until I can make a big commission or get what I'm worth for my pieces. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it's something that I definitely do. I do lower my price at times. Um, you know, if somebody's going to offer me X amount of dollars and that's going to pay my phone bill, you know, at the time and I can't pay it, I'm going to take it. You know what I'm saying? But there's other times where if I feel a piece is worth it, I'm not going to settle for less. I'll, I'll pass up. I'm trying to figure out ways to make that money and, I'll, yeah. and just hold that piece for later. Because I know, you know, in a few years, that same piece might go for three or four times what I think is worth now. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You, so. you think you think if you settle right now, you might risk taking the L in the future? They're going to be like, damn, Louie, how, how come you, you went up like that? Or you think you can you can you know, justify it in the future, like you know, people should I'm sorry, understand. Say it again. So you think you you risk if by not compromising your art right now, you think you might um, risk taking the L in the future for like you know, because people might think like, damn, Louis, your price went up significantly. How how are you gonna justify that? That's the that's the thing that I'm dealing with the most right now. 
that if I drop my shit right now so I can make ends meet, how am I going to confront the same people? I guess it's not, it's, it's the outlook that it's not going to be the same people. But I it's think if, 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 I, if I drop the price right now so I can make ends meet, then in the future, I might take an L because these, these people are going to look at me like, yo, I mean, what's wrong with you? You used to sell it for such and such, and now you're like four times that price. You can't afford that now. Mm-hmm. How, how, how do you deal with justifying that? Well, I, I'm, I went through the same thing recently. Uh, a gallery picked up four of my pieces, and they're selling it for three times what I usually charge. Damn. And they said, you know, once we sell one of your pieces, you can't really sell for anything lower than that because those collectors are going to expect your, your work to be worth that much. So if, you, if they go back and see that you're selling stuff for half the price, they're going to be, you know, upset because they paid a, a certain amount of, of money. Yeah, definitely. So, it, you know, I see it as if I'm going to, if at that point I sell work for three times what I'm selling now, then I'm just going to have to go harder to find that kind of clientele. Because as artists, we don't want to sell, you know, work at a, a low price point. You know, the dream is to make a living doing this. Yes. So when you raise your price, you know, it's just going to take that next level of hustle and the next level of grind. It's going to take you having to find corporate clients, go to big time galleries, find people with deep pockets that are going to pay that amount of money. Um, but at the same time, we can always not devalue our work, but make work that's affordable for the common people. Yeah. You know what I mean? Whether that's making prints, whether it's making you know limited edition T-shirts or different kind of merchandise to that's a part of your brand and a part of your art, but still affordable and accessible to the average person. Alright, so so I saw you. Uh... Recently started vlogging. How's that coming along? Uh, it, it's, it's fun, man. It, it's real, real nerve-wracking at first, like being in front of the camera and just talking to it. But, you know, once you do it three or four times, you kind of get used to it. And, you know, you get a few compliments on, on what you talked about, so it gets, gets your confidence up. Um, and even doing this kind of stuff, like um, FaceTimes and things like that, it gets you in that mode and then... I kind of got addicted to it now. Like now, I want to vlog every single minute, every single day. Oh, that's dope. Um, but uh, it, it's it's tough to get started. But I think once you get started, you get comfortable with it. Like it's a great thing to do, and it's also a big plus for like your fan base and yeah, your collectors. Yeah, they get to yeah they get to see a different part of you that they they usually don't see. And most of the time, people don't buy your art for the art; they buy it because of you. You know, they, yeah, they relate they buy, to you. They buy into the artist. Exactly. Yeah, I still have to get used to that that aspect. You know what I mean? I still have yeah. to get used to that that part. You know what I mean, I, I think people are here for for the art, so it's hard for me to grasp the thought that you know they they're digging it for me. Yeah, I mean it's 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 just like Banksy or Basquiat. Like the name is attached to you. You buy it because you know that person. It's his energy or his imagery. That's what he put into it. So it's 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 like it's fifty fifty. I mean, that's how I think. I think about it. Just like like yeah. music and music artists, you're like you into rap and everything like that. The same thing. You know what I'm saying. True. I'm like. Yeah, like I always, I always look at it like the people I listen to in music. Like, if all the artists had a legit like 
Instagram or Facebook or Facebook where they were just like vlogging every day. Like DJ Khaled. DJ Khaled's a perfect example. Like I I you know, I really fuck with DJ Khaled because he's funny as shit. Like he's hilarious. And I like him more now. Like he was cool back when he was making music just with no no Snapchat and nothing like that. Yeah. But now that he's on the FaceTime every day and talking and like exposing his life and stuff. It makes me like him even more. Like I just follow him just to, to listen to his day to day stuff. Yeah. Um, and you know it could work the other way around. It could hurt you in some ways, but that's if honestly, you're not. That's if you're not interesting. And I mean, I mean, not, I, I, not I, even. No, no. Yo, I, I talk I to people so, all the time about this. Hey, you there? Oh, with my boy, he owns a like a dump truck business. Right, and I was trying to get him to go on Instagram and like promote his business. Yeah, he was like, nobody wants to see dump trucks, and I'm like, but people would like me, right? I'm not interested in dump trucks, but he has a business doing dump trucks. I'd be interested to see how he picks up the dirt and transports it. I'd be interested to see what the inside of the truck looks like. I'd be That's interested true. to see if he gets a flat tire. How does he change it? Like all that stuff is interesting. That's why reality TV like blew up. Yeah. We're just interested in other people's lives. Yeah, the backstage, man. Like, we want to see what we we want to see in the kitchen. Yeah, you get that all-access yeah. experience. Yeah, and and That's the beauty true. about it is, is you don't have to you don't have to give everybody hundred percent access. Like, I could vlog, but I'm gonna give you what I want you to see. I'm not gonna show you my mom or my girlfriend or this and that. You'll see a part of my life, but you're not gonna see everything. You know what I mean? But yeah, just exactly. that little part. Like people want to hear you talk. They want to see what you're like, and you know they want to relate to you. Yeah, they want to connect. They want to see if if you're a real person. If if there's more behind you than just like those beautiful pictures you post. One thousand percent, man. And one thing that I, I really like, my thesis was corrected was a few a few months ago. Maybe it was like a month or two ago. I posted a picture of a receipt because I went to the art yeah, store. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that. That shit. You saw that? Cord. Yeah, I went to the cord, art store. And listen, I didn't do it. That was that post got like 300 comments. That was my highest engaged post that I've ever made. But it's the realest shit I, I've ever seen on the gram, Louis. You know? Yeah, but I I did it. I didn't do it for that reason. Like I just did it. So I'll give you the backstory. Around September, I stopped using Instagram for like two or three weeks, um, just to give myself a break. And I saw my numbers go down, and I got like worried. I was like, oh damn, this shit is you know it's going down. So I kicked back up, and I started going on it more. Um, and then I, I made a vow to myself to post like three or four times a day. I didn't care what it was. I was just going to post three or four times a day. So I started doing that. And the good thing about that, it got me into the mode of, of thinking creatively and thinking about things that I could post that I usually wouldn't. So when I went to the store and my card got declined, and that was a real thing, like my card got declined because I was going through it. Um, I was like, you know what, let me take a picture of this because I want to remind myself in like five or six years that I came from this same spot. And how much I've grown. So it was just a, a picture that I took from me. Um, and then I thought about it. I'm like, well, okay, let me just put it on, on the gram. Yeah. And I didn't think of anything of it. Like, I thought I was going to get a few likes, whatever it was. So I just posted it. And then, like, everybody was feeling it. And I realized how real it was. It was the realest and, thing I've seen on the gram. Everybody's trying to make this perfect lifestyle. Yeah, and, man. And, and, and my wife saw it. And she was like, yo, you're always complaining. <laughs> You always come to check this out. Check this out. You, look, look at your man Louie out here. Yeah. You're not alone. But, that's, but that yeah, was, it goes back, real. yeah, it goes back to being real. Like, yeah, I think like... Being real itself on the grand is... Attra is people want to see other people that are being vulnerable. Because Instagram and social media is just full of people faking. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And Photoshop. I think, 
I think I mean I mean I mean I think there's two sides of it. Like um, you can be real, and I think there are also are people that uh, are good at making the fake seem real. So like if you, yeah. if you can convince me that what you're doing is is who you are, and I that's who you are. I mean like, I'm not saying Khaled ain't, but I mean like people have confronted him like in interviews about things he said, <laughs> and he I mean he he always yeah, come yeah, back. Yeah. He he always got a comeback. But I mean like it's like at at, at those at in in those moments you're like, mm, I think I think I think it's an act. But I mean it's yeah, a good but, act. I mean it's and, so, and to your point, yeah. you can tell you can tell when a person's being real or fake. Yeah. You feel what I'm saying? No matter what. We as humans, we got that 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 bullshit trigger where even though you're trying to fake it, we still kinda know. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So okay. that's why it's important to just be your real self. Like don't put on the front, just be you. Yeah, I man, being be being something you will not feel so uncomfortable. Yeah. Cause you gotta, you always gotta be thinking about, okay, yo, uh, how people gonna react if I do this? Yeah, it's like, a lot of stress, yo, man. Yo, that shit, that shit, that shit be fucking you up. Like, even if you're just like standing, like, am I standing the right way? Is yeah, this cool man, enough? No way to live. Yeah. Is this cool enough? Yeah. You should, you yo, should, should, should I put my takes. hair up? You should see my takes. You should see my takes. <laughs> Sometimes yeah. I trip. Sometimes I trip. I mean, I'm not ballsy enough to make the ones that I trip. You know what I mean? While, mm. while walking back to the camera to, to press stop. I'd be tripping over some brushes or like a canvas is just in the way. Yo, but I, I guarantee like, you post that kind of stuff. <laughs> that's, what get my, crazy that's what my wife said as well. She's like, yo, people people love to see you do some clumsy shit. Love, yeah, I mean, like look that. at the meek, meek shit, man. When he slipped at that <laughs> yeah, window. Yeah. And he posted it. Like, cause his mom, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And mom reco- his mom recorded that. He was the one that put it, put it online. That shit blew up. That's people, true. And it was right, at, right in between like the Drake moment yeah. and... People was like, nah, man, we can't kick a man when he's down, man. Ah, oh, oh, he's human yeah. too, yeah, man. Yeah, he's human. He's like, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. People were clowning it, but it gave him I the think, sympathy vote for yeah, sure. Yeah, I think, I think definitely that that kind of helped change the time so he can still be here because, like, technically, he was he was out of there. People was like, yeah, Meek. Yeah, people have written. I mean, you, you didn't came. You you you're the rap guy. You're the rap battle guy, <laughs> and you you letting the singing singing R and B guy yeah. fuck you over. Yeah, ah, yeah. Me, yeah. you're from Philly. <laughs> nah, me got this from Philly. How he slipping? You yo, you ain't coming back to the Canadian guy. You know what I'm saying? The half Jew with half Jewish, half white guy. Come on, me. Yeah. What you doing? <laughs> That was funny as hell. Mm. That was funny as hell. Hey, Louis, I want to ask you about um, your work, The Roses. Mm-hmm. How did it come about, and how is it a theme that's still, still so eminent and and constant? It's, it it keeps coming back. I mean, it's like I've never seen somebody flip a rose a million times like you do. <laughs> I mean, I've I've done some flowers in my day, but like you know. Yeah, I can yeah. only flip a rose the X amount of times before I'm like, alright, I'm done. Yeah. And it, it keeps coming back. Like every rose is different. Yeah, there, there's a few things to the rose. Um, the the main reason I got started painting roses, uh, three years ago, my best friend passed away. He was, I want to say, 34, 35. And he passed away in his sleep. Um, and he had a daughter. And at that time, I was still teaching. 
you know, I was still living at home. Actually, I still am with my parents. Um, so I was kind of like upset about, you know, work. I was upset about still being at home. I was upset with student loan debt, like all these things. Um, and then when he passed away, it kind of put everything in perspective. It was like, yo, you have so much going for you right now. And your boy just like he's gone now. So he don't have the ability to make a change or do anything else like but you do. So it just hit me. And like a week after a week after that happened, I saw the phrase uh, stop and smell the roses. And I said, you know what? Like this saying really connected with me and it really signified what I'm going through emotionally. And I felt like a calling. Like I always follow my gut. And for some reason, my gut told me, yo, start painting roses in memory of him. And it kind of it kind of worked as a reminder for me to never go back to that point where I was ungrateful with what I have. I wasn't appreciating what I had um, and just focusing on what I didn't have. So the Rose really, the Wake Up and Smell the Roses campaign really started from that, um, you know, to serve as a reminder to me and everybody else to yeah. take advantage of your life and, and appreciate what the things that you do have. And then like a, a year or two into it, I was like, you know what? I thought it was a good niche because I'm a, a young Hispanic male and I don't know any young Hispanic male in history that's ever painted flowers. It's yeah. such a, it's such an opposite thing to do. And I said, you know what? Let me just focus on it for now, and try to become the modern day Van Gogh, or I'm sorry, the modern day um, Monet, just painting flowers. Um, so you know, it's been, that's been the focus up until this point, and I'm starting to get to the point where I might transition out of it. But um, you know, I haven't felt like I've mastered it yet. So when I feel fulfilled with where the work has gone and how it's progressed, then maybe I'll move on to something else, maybe a different flower, subject matter. But, you know, as of right now, that's what I'm focused on and just seeing where it goes, to be honest. Bam, I tip my hat to you for, for the amount of times that you keep doing it. It looks genuine every time. I had a, I had a commission last January in a, in a restaurant mm -hmm. to do this mural. They wanted this, they wanted this Godfather theme. And they wanted roses. They wanted. They didn't want roses. They wanted flowers. Let me start at that. They wanted flowers. So mm. there's, a, there's a whole learning curve about asking what they want, and they're just saying some, some vague like flowers. There's like a yep. gazillion flowers out there. So I started doing this whole bid on flowers. I thought it was mm. pretty dope. You know what I mean? I was like, I, I can't bite. I can't bite what you're doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But but I was like, I'm a, I'm gonna do some tropical shit. I'm a, I'm a get all the most colorful flowers out there. I put it on. Three weeks in, I was like, I right, I think the background is done. I can start on the characters, like start painting Don Corleone, start painting Michael. And in week four, they hit me with like, you know what? We don't really feel the flowers. They nice though, but they're not for the team that we want. So I made this rose. I made this like this like small bouquet with like I think five roses. Yeah, like, mm -hmm. we like that. Just do that, fam. That's what I'm saying. I commend you for doing your roses time and time again. Because if you go in that restaurant, yo, you'll see the same rose flipped like like. <laughs> The, the knower will know, like, oh, that's just the same rose upside down. Oh, that's yeah, just the yeah. same rose flipped from the left. Oh, that's the same. But it's hard to make it genuine and make it look unique every time. 
yeah. and the message that you have behind it subconsciously, that's why I fucks with you, Louis. Because I think it reminds me every time I see a piece to smell the flowers. It's like Louis out here reminding us again. Like, you know, <laughs> get, get, get everything out now while you still can. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Be nice to others. Yeah. Yeah, living. Right. Just just live life in the moment. Enjoy it while you when you're here. Yeah, man, there's no reason for us to focus on the negative when, you know, it can all be gone tomorrow, so why not take advantage of it and exactly. be happy? Exactly. Yeah, but society ain't built like that, you know what I'm saying? They, you get brainwashed from from the jump, like, yo, what you wanna be? You wanna be a fireman, you wanna be a policeman, because you need to get that money. You know what I'm saying? You gotta you gotta start running as soon as you get out of school. Ain't, ain't, I mean, some people start running before they get out of school. Yeah. I.e. you mm-hmm. yeah. with the groceries. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But, yeah, man. That's great. Like, I think, like, um, he was, like, saying, like, he commends you on that. I've, I've never seen it. But I, I immediately mm-hmm. thought, like, his thing is more, like, artists and hip-hop. I think I think the roses is, like, a true line. It, it it's, it's part of who you are. Because after hearing, after hearing the story, it's I was like, yeah, man. It's like you have a reason. It's. I think you you might like transition into something else, but I think it's still gonna be like a true line. It's still gonna be like somewhere in there, like in a different way. Cause I mean, the way he explained, I tried I tried to look it up like real quick, but my phone was acting up, so I couldn't like see it for a reference. But it sounds dope, man. It is. It really is. And he does it different. He does it a different. Like, does it just come to you? Does it just? It. It's one of the hardest things for me to explain because, like, the way my process works is, you know, I have an idea of maybe a different color scheme or position of the rose, but a lot of it is very uh, spontaneous. So what I'll do is I'll put a layer of paper on my canvas to get that texture, and then I'll take blocks of color and just put it on the canvas. And I'll see different positions in the way the texture lies and the paint lies, and I'll just start working from there. So it's basically like the painting tells me what to do. Yeah. I don't really have too much of a plan. Like 90% of it is just what I see on the canvas and how I can manipulate it. Um, but yeah, man, it's it's difficult for me to explain. Maybe yeah. one day I'll figure out a good way yeah. to talk about it. Spoken like a true artist. I don't know. I don't know the one, um, like a famous sculptor. Like I read it once. I don't remember his name. He's, he, I mean, it's this quote from him. He said like, um, um, you don't... Um, he doesn't. He doesn't um, create the sculpture. The sculpture is already in in the block of stone. He just chips away and he reveals the sculpture. Yeah. So the sculpture is already there. He, only thing he's doing is helping helping the sculpture to reveal itself. And that's um, kind of the same thing you're doing because like the flowers, are, the rose is already there, and you just like giving it color. That's a that's a great yo. You mind if I steal that from you? Yeah. <laughs> hey. Go ahead, man. So, so what? Um, what interests you more, Louis? What, what, um, what, what kind of music do you like? I'm a hip hop head, man. I listen to, I listen to everything, um, especially when I paint. I can't, when I paint, I can't really listen to too much hip hop, um, only because it doesn't put me in the right zone. So, um, 
so I try to be versatile what I listen to when I paint. But you know, if I had to go on a road trip for five hours, ninety percent of that is gonna be hip hop. Who are you putting on for five hours though? Who am I putting on for five hours, man? That's a good question. I'm saying like it, if you go and only choose like like five albums or two, three albums, who's going on the road road trip? Like let's go back to C D years. <sighs> no DSPs. It, listen, I I there's so many artists that I, I fuck with and I, I can't give you the top five, but I'll give you five off the top of my head. Um you know, I really fuck with Drake and it's hard for me to say because I like real hip hop, like B Block, uh, LOX, Biggie. Yeah. Like I like real shit like that. Yo, yo, you you cut off. Yo, you, you froze there for a minute. Could you repeat that? So, um, like one person off the top of my head that I, I could fuck with is Drake. Yeah. I'm an old school hip hop head. Like I like a lot of old stuff, like real hip hop. So he's like a new wave kind of thing, and he's kind of like. I don't want to say bubble, like more pop. Yeah, yeah. But his, like, he puts out hits, and I just, I could literally put on a playlist of all his top hits and be there for a few hours. Definitely, man. And I could fuck with all the music. Yeah, I gave up the fight. Um, so I gave that, up the fight to, to try to resist Drake. In the beginning, yeah, I was, it, I was it, that's resisting. That's what it feels like. It's I was like resisting it really, really. I was really trying my I, best I, not to like Aubrey. I, I was like, yo, yo, what's this? Yo, where's the boom bap at? Yeah, I think, but, I think, I think, I think the thing is like the it's the same thing like everybody has against him. Like he he seems sweet, and like hip hop, like when you say like quote unquote real hip hop was like hard has, mom, yeah, mom yeah, folks, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like guys was like when you hit the when you sit when you look at them sideways like yeah. make, like <laughs> they gonna straight that eye for you and shit like that. You know what I'm saying? And like he he came in like you know what I'm saying talking about. I'm just praying you can do better. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Came up with the sweet. You see, but you're singing it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, <laughs> but with Drake, I always make sure I have a balance. So my balance that is Kendrick and, and J. Cole. I really fuck with you. Yeah. I mean, those J. Cole's my man. Yo, that's the that's. I'm basically like like, and I'm I'm like J. Cole had the track like Middle Child. Mm. And, and and like in my opinion, like those are like the, the the those are the three guys that came. They came around the same time out. They came out. And Jaco is literally in the middle of both of them. Like quote style yeah. and like they, he, he can be like lyrical. He can be sweet. He he can like he's like a little bit. He can be disrespectful but still respectful in the same zone. Like he, he has a, like a nice balance when he comes when he comes with it. Yeah, I mean he goes. He goes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Kendrick just goes, goes, yeah, bro. Yeah, yeah, I was, I was watching the the, the J Rock, J Rock clip. He had the the song he had with J Rock. I was, mm. I was like, yo, can, is it me or Kendrick? Is no, it's not me. Kendrick's being Kendrick's being gangster, but it's like he's proper. You know what I'm saying? He's, he yeah. always pr pr uh, um, presented himself like the nice guy. But I mean, Ken, I think Kendrick can fuck a lot of niggas up. Yeah. Control verse. I mean, yeah. he went for everybody. No, I'm head. talking about in real life, bro. Yeah. Oh, no, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't think people want Kendrick. I don't think Ken Kendrick's sweet. And the thing about Drake is, like, Drake comes over real sweet. He might be sweet, though, but I don't know. I don't like that. But Kendrick, I'm definitely Kendrick. Nah. Yeah, I think, I don't, I don't think people want it with Drake either. I think Drake can, when, when Drake get in his pocket, yeah. So, yeah, I, we have the same. You have the same music taste. 
How y'all, how y'all got? How y'all feel about Jay Z? I wasn't a big Jay Z fan, but like oh, I'm a Jay Z stand. I'm a whole more recent. His more recent work, he's dropping fucking knowledge, bro. Now I've been I've been down with Hope since '96, fam. Yeah. Since '96, I was a big I'm a big Nas fan, so I had to fight. Oh, oh! So when the thing, so when the, so when the saga went down, you was, you was, yeah, you was an eater dude. You was an eater dude. Hell yeah! (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) How do you think if you, if, if, if I can dive into this hip hop thing, how do you compare the eater takeover beef compared with the beefs nowadays? Because I think nowadays it's, it's pretty sweet. I think it's entertaining. I think there's memes. There's, there's a whole lot. I like back in the days. I thought it was really one of those guys was gonna be canceled. I ain't even gonna lie. It's it's cause you're a Nas fan. I thought Nas was canceled, fam, for real. Yeah, yeah. It, it, don't censor yourself, Lou. Just let it go. Just 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 speak speak your mind. <laughs> um. I mean, I, it's a it's a different time. Like the beefs now is, is a lot different again because of the internet. And I think, you know, back then there wasn't as much accessibility, so it was just you only knew through the raps and through the rhymes. Now you can go on the on the rappers' Instagram account, social media, and just like dig in a little bit more. Yeah. Um, and you got people just like influencing the way you think about certain things with all the posts and stuff like that. But back then it was just you listen to the verse and the verse was hot and killed yeah, the dude. That yeah, was it. Yeah. But like now you you have now it has like an afterlife. Now it has like a behind the scenes. You know what I mean? Yeah, it, yeah, this yeah. Is like builds up the whole this. So you, this might have been like forty percent, but you got like social media filling up the rest yeah. to to really make it connect. Yeah. So like that beat that Drake and Meek Mill beef. A lot of it was memes. You know what I'm saying? A yeah. lot of it was more memes about Meek Mill. And I was looking through it. I'm like. Yeah. Who you thought? Who who you think body who? You think you think Meek really cut that out? Hell yeah! Yeah, I man, there's no question. Cause yeah. like the uh, thing is, the thing is, Meek took way too long to come back, and we, when he you came know, back, you know what I funny? He, he didn't come back correct. But you know what I think is funny? Who makes these rules about how long it takes for the for the, no, no, how okay. long did it take for Ether yo, to come out? Yo, bro, we talk. Yo, yo. Yo, bro, we're talking about in this era, right? I know, yeah, but like, how long, how long, how long did it take for Ether to come out? But you, but you know why? It's, it's, it's not that. It's not that. Like Drake, Drake, like Meek went on Twitter. Yeah, that's right. Meek went on Twitter, and Drake came came up. Yo, bro, I'm charged up. <laughs> yeah, Yo, that's true. He gave him. He gave him 48 hours. Oh, yeah, that's. I ain't ready for this, but I got. Gotta, I got this. I you got you. Remember. Back then, you had to actually go to the studio and record. Now you can go on your laptop yeah, and get true. a mic and GarageBand and just pump it out right there. That's true. And I'm not saying that they big artists like that do that, but you can do it on your phone now. Yeah. So, yeah. And like Drake gave him two tracks, man. Yeah. But then Drake got bodied by Pusha, so. Hey. <laughs> yo, 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 Pusha is. Yeah, I mean, like. Pulling up in a new toy. <laughs> yo, Pusha is a different. Yo, it's a different topic, man. No, yep. no, hey, people don't want it. We'll push it. They say they want it. Like Tory be saying, push it. That smoke. Tory be saying want he wanted it. We'll push it. But like, yo, for real though, I don't know if you heard it, but the 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 the, the Dream Doll first. Wow. Whoa. Wow. Yo, Dream Dream Doll came for his head. Yeah. Yeah. Literally came for his head. Yeah. yeah. Yo, I was like, yo, Dream Doll can spit. She ain't about that drama. 
For sure. Yep. Yeah. Hey, how's the how's the um rap art scene in New York? Cause out here, like we was talking previously before about um doing doing finding other venues to get to generate income to get by, right? Yeah. Out here, me and this friend of mine, we we set up this this platform, hip hop soiree where we like to combine hip-hop with art. So we, we um, launch these events where people can come through and enjoy the music, creatives can come through, and we hold like auctions at these events. How, how is that seen in New York City or in Jersey? Uh, they have a lot of that out here. Yeah? Um, there's a lot, yeah, there's a lot of um, those kinds of events. And I think that's dope, you know, combining two arts because they, you know, I saw I saw Takeoff had, had his album cover was done by Hebrew Brantley, which was an artist. So I saw that. And I'm like, yo, this is dope that these artists are now getting professional or like real painters to do the album covers. Yeah. Um, so it's dope when the two the two uh, two kinds of arts collide. So it is real big in Jersey It's even bigger in New York. There's a lot of there's a ton of events like that. So it's dope. I haven't participated too much in them. I did earlier on in my career, um, but now I'm trying to focus on, like, I'm trying to use my time, I'm trying to maximize my time, and I want to go, like, my end goal, my big goal is to end up in the art history books, and to do that, I have to put out, you know, I have to really focus on my work and the meaning behind it and get it into the right galleries and venues. So when I'm doing different kinds of shows, um, sometimes it takes away from that. So I kind of limit myself to the amount of those kinds of shows I do. Um, I'm actually doing one next week. But, um, you know, I maybe do like maybe two or three a year. Um, but it's definitely it's definitely popping. It's definitely popping off in New York, especially in Jersey, too. So I hear in Holland is not it's not that well promoted at all. So, you know, we, we're trying to that's, that's why I ask to see how how it if there's a market for it. You know, I would expect, no, yeah. I would expect in, in New York, it would be the perfect place to do mm-hmm. such an event. Huge, huge market. But that's good in Holland that it's not, it's not popping because, you know, I, I think about it all the time, going to, like, these rural uh, states or rural cities where there's no art scene yeah. and just taking over. You know what I mean? So I look at that as an opportunity to be the only person or the only artist or the only venue that does those kinds of events. Because if you exist there, there has to be a handful of others that are interested in the same thing as you, and they don't have anywhere to go. And if you could be that platform or that place that they can actually go to and you could dominate it, yeah, you're 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 a big fish in a small pond. That's true. That's true. I look at the pond as the world, though. I don't want to mm. limit myself to just Holland. You know what I mean? I think hip hop yeah. is a universal thing. So I I, I want to do it here, but I really want to take it abroad because I'm from here. So you know, I'm, I'm yeah. I've seen it. I've seen it all. I heard it all. I I, I would like to take it like. To, to like Paris or like Japan or like England, you know, just mm. Jersey, Jersey. Hey, yo, you're more than welcome. We set it up quick. I'm always to that, Louis. <laughs> listen, <laughs> listen, you come through, we we'll set it up. I know, I know the right people.
Um, so. so what are your plans for 2019? The goals that you wanna... Or, you did, or didn't you have any New Year's resolutions? You just go with the flow? No, hell no, I have goals. So yeah, you should. <laughs> you <Yeah>. should. <laughs> Listen, the one thing I learned, I started doing this two years ago. I have a vision board of all my goals, uh, long-term and short-term, and I write them out, but I write them out as if they already happened. So if I want to sell a $1,000 painting, I'll say, I write it out as you sold a thousand dollar painting by this date um and what that does you know it's a, it's a lot to get into but what that does is program your brain right your brain sees it and it says all right this already happened so what your brain does is it and this is all scientific or theory i don't know but this is what i believe in but your brain will see that and it'll it'll connect the dots and try to put you in the right position to make that happen happen you know I mean, what i'm saying so it's like visual visualization techniques I'm a manifesting goals, but I started doing it two years ago and it's, yo, know, it's scary. Like sometimes I think about, I think twice about what I put on that board and I say, do I really want this to happen in this time frame? Because, you know, it one just, thing I noticed, <laughs> one thing I realized is that I don't want, I've always wanted to pop like soon, you know, two years ago, three years ago, I wanted to find a big time collector to buy my stuff for thousands of dollars. But you got to think about things that come after that. Like how are you going to manage that? How are you gonna produce work after that? How are you gonna manage that success? So I'm kind of glad that it's taken me a little bit longer to get to that point because yeah. I get to learn, I get to adapt, I get comfortable with the challenges challenges yeah. that brings. Exactly. Um, so I think twice now about what I put in that board because nine times out of ten they come true. Um, but to answer your question, one of my big goals for 2019 is to to get into a corporate collection, as in have a hotel or a corporate. Um, entity buy my work and have it in their collection um and i really want to do three murals in three different countries this year damn so that all right that's the halloween come through to holland i'm just, i can set it up for you Boom. yeah mom murals is a you know we're big on murals out here yeah they, they do street out there yeah yeah, well. yeah. I did that mural, like I said, for the restaurant. Yeah. I did some research online, like, okay, I've never done a mural before, so what I need to know, it was like, all right, calculate the amount of time you think you're going to be spending on it and multiply that by eight. Fam. They should have made it 80. They should have made it 80. I thought I was going to be done in the four, 40 hours. Just like, a, like one week, like one solid week. Shit took me more than a month. What? Yes. Yes. How big was that mural? It was it was five by six meters. Yeah. So in meters that's and in yeah, I think it's five by five by seven. It's it, it was it was huge. And I was doing it solo. Mm. It was it was it was hard. It was hard. So yeah, I'll think twice before doing the mural. Especially if somebody asks me, you want you want to do it? I have to assemble a crew. If I don't have a crew to do it with me, I'm yeah. definitely not doing it. Cause I was happy with the chunk of money that I got for the job, but if it takes you a month, you know what I mean? Yeah. Is it really worth it? Nah, it wasn't. It was it was it was worth the experience for me to know, like, okay, this is this is mural life. <laughs> you have to plan. You have to. Communication with the with the commissioner is very important because, like, 
halfway through the thing. They wanted different flowers. He was like, mm-hmm. hey, you know what? I like Al Pacino and, and, and The Godfather as well. Can you throw him in there? And I was like, uh, sure, yeah, got you. I did, that, have, yeah. I, I did, I did have it, but it took me a while though. Yeah, I mean, it's not what I set off to do. So, I think it's exciting, but you have to do. You do murals by yourself. Uh yeah, and maybe the the few murals I've done, I've done one in Brazil, one in Croatia, and then the other one was in Miami. But they were murals that I just did on my own. You know, there wasn't anybody commissioning me. Um, but you know, I just got a commission for one that I mentioned earlier. And I was going to kind of do the same thing that you did. It's a lot of back and forth with the client. Yeah. And they want to design, but you want to yeah. keep it in your artistic style. So it's a lot of back and forth. And the one thing I learned, like you were talking about, is to make sure that you have contracts and you have all the communication in place beforehand. Yeah. Like you get this amount of edits. You can only edit it twice. Once fam, you approve fam, the design, the end, it is deposit. The, at the end of the thing, I was like, because they were like, okay, we, the ro- we were happy with the roses, Amir. We really like the way you set up these roses. As a matter of fact, uh, could you do like four more over there? And I got to a point that I was working nights, right? So every time the restaurant closes around 11, I work from 11 to the morning. And then after that, I had to go to school to, stand, to, to give art class to these kids. And yeah. then I come back, sleep for three hours, and then repeat the whole cycle again. So I was beat. At the end, I was just, I was just standing there, and dude came over like, I want one more rose over there, and I had this girl who set up this the 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 gig. I just told her, yo, if they ask me for one more rose, <laughs> each rose is gonna be three hundred. I don't care, I don't care. She was like, three? Are you are you serious? And I'm like, yeah. So the, so the dude came through and he was like, yo, Keith, could you put me, could you put one more rose there? I'm like, extra rose gonna cost you three hundred, sir. He was like, oh, okay, maybe just a small rose. 150, maybe? It's like, no more roses. I think it's good. You don't want to saturate the thing. I started making up all kinds of things because I was done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't like the project no more. I felt I felt out of love with the project. Yeah. So I'll think twice before I do a mural. Yeah, I think it's all about this communication prior to like yeah. making sure... Both parties are of understanding what is expected and, you know, what can't be done, what could be done. Yeah, I'm still so learning from have... that. I'm still learning from that. The other thing, you know what I had last year as well? I had this I had this um, person ask for a painting. Mm-hmm. She sent me a picture. She's like, yo, I know you can knock it out like this. And I was like, wow, that's different. For sure. I can do it. It's like a... It's bald on the side and had a mohawk. And I was like, I, I think I can do it. We didn't communicate right. What turned out in the end was like, first of all, she didn't give me any money up front. Mm. First mistake. No deposit. Mean, no deposit at all. So I spent all this time, nights on nights, being like, you know, fuck all this hip hop stuff that I'm doing. I want to get into this community that this, this, this person is part of. If I can get this commission done and she's happy, I'll get other clients. Fam, the whole thing when it was finished, she was like, yo, um, I think you have a misunderstanding. The picture that I sent you, I didn't literally want that. 
I sent that picture for you to get the color scheme that I want because I didn't, it didn't make sense. She sent me a mohawk thing and then she sent me a few other pictures of her in like a gala dress. And I'm like, how you have this big hair on this picture and, and you sh you're showing me this picture of a mohawk. So yeah. I went with the mohawk thing. But the mohawk thing was intended just for the color schemes that she wanted me to use on her in the gala dress with the big hair. So she was, she was to say she was furious, she, she just texted me. <laughs> and I was like, I, right, I'm going to leave it for what it is. I'm not going to get mad, but I was, I was pissed. Because a little communication could have saved me tons mm -hmm. of work to trying to figure out how am I going to still make her look feminine with the mohawk and everything. Like, like, I really fucking went out of my way to make it fit in a little box. And it turns out that it, she didn't even want to be in that box. Anything else you want to tell the listeners and viewers out here, Louis? Um, I mean, just, I guess follow your dreams, man. Everything is possible. Anything is possible if you, you put enough work in and you're willing to live a certain kind of life to, to achieve those dreams. Um, as you guys just heard, my mom just called me to, to run an errand for her. Yeah. And that that's me, you know, I could easily live in an apartment and have my own space, but I know that the money that I made from my, my business, I just reinvested into my own my business to grow it even more. So I'm taking my short-term satisfaction to gain long-term success. I mean, not sometimes not everybody's willing to do that. You know, they yeah. want to front either you know for pe other people or do other things. But you know, I'm I'm cool with taking the loss now in order to to build my business to a point where in five or six years it will be something sustainable that I don't have to work as hard for. Um, but, you know, again, it takes sacrifice. You know, like me not living on my own is a sacrifice that I got to make. But I'm doing it in order to get that long-term success. Yeah, but, um, I think it's an yeah. ego thing, you know what I'm saying? Because, like, your ego wants you to have the house. Your ego wants you to be the, to be that guy. You want to be yeah. the guy. The person that has this, that, and the third. And if you put that aside and you think, like, yo, what, what's the angle? And you see, like, I don't need that at the moment. It would be nice to have it. But based on my situation, I can stay at home with moms. I'm saying chip in at home with moms. Do what I need to do. Reinvest and grow. Yeah, man. It's you know, and I'm thankful for that every day. Like I know, I know tons of people that don't have that opportunity to, to actually do that. Yeah. Um, but you know, I saw an opportunity. I was living on my own, and I saw an opportunity. I'm like, you know what? Doesn't make sense for me to be paying rent to somebody else. You know, I'm still paying rent at home. It's not as much as I was paying. You know in an apartment but yeah. it would make more sense to cut down on my expenses to put into the business um you know i don't have the same amount of space and i just had that where i had to interrupt the podcast interview but nah, it's know, high, bro it's real it's man. real it's, it's real so people want again it's, it's yeah. real <laughs> it's real but uh but yeah man anything is possible and one thing i want to like re my, my real life mission is to help People understand, especially to the youth that look like us, brown and black—not black skin, but brown skin—men um, and women that things like this are possible. You know, you can create a life based around art and make a business out of it or a career out of it. True. And there's thousands of possibilities out there. So, word. Hi, right, Louis. I ain't gonna hold you up much longer, man. 
I want to thank you. I appreciate you taking out the time to join us on the, the Gallery Podcast. What's uh, what's your handle? What's your handle for the for the for the listeners for the listeners and the viewers out there so they can get in touch and check out your art? Stalk you on the gram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if anybody wants to check me out, um, you can head to BouieBlocker.com or my Instagram handle throughout. My actually my social media handle is the same throughout all of them. It's BouieBlocker, L O U I E B L A K A. So you can find me on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, any social media channels out there, or my website. Appreciate it, Louis. Right. No doubt, brother. No doubt. Thank you for having me, and we're gonna link up so you could you could be on my podcast. Aye. Hey. I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward to it, what man. What we talking about, man? Yeah, man. So. Huge shout out to Louis Blaca. Yeah, Yo, man. Thanks, thanks for take, taking your, the time of your day. I'm saying that. And yeah, spending this, spend, spending it with us, man. Thanks. Like, thanks for the info. Yeah, we learned a lot of stuff, man. Yeah. Sorry for holding you up. You know what I mean? I hope you get to do the groceries for moms. Shout out to moms for, you know, letting you do your thing in the spare time that you have. Definitely. And Mom, shout out to you. Definitely. For moms. to spend that time with us. Yeah, man, you and Mom are an MVP, man. MVPs right now, definitely, definitely. I just took a, took a quick look at the at the at the at your account, man. I just hit the follow button, so you know you got a new one. That new follow? That's me, man. <laughs> so you know. Yeah, y'all make sure to to go and subscribe to Louis channel, Louis Blackout on Instagram, Louis Blackout actually on all his handles, so. Yeah, all the way blocker. Keep it all the way blocker, fam. All right, so that's that's it for the podcast for this week. Tune in next week while we'll be talking some more. And yeah, so that's all we have for this week. See y'all next time. Peace.